0: Welcome to the e Elaborate Topics podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Elaborate Topics. I'm your host for today's show, Stephanie Whitehead. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm your podcasting executive leader and co-host for the show. Elaborate Topics is a weekly new podcast where myself and my co-host, Tawana Wilson and Lona Small, will be bringing you topics related to the laboratory and leadership that will help you excel inside and outside the lab. And I'm so excited for today's show because I'm joined by a very special guest, and friend of the show, Dr. Cami Rapp. Hi, Stephanie. It's great to be here. And please just call me Cami. Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me today. And Cami, how are you? And I don't mean how are you in really just the polite, cordial sense of the word, but just as a fellow frontline worker during a very challenging time in healthcare, how are you doing?
0: Oh, thank you for asking, Stephanie. Um, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's nice that things are starting to return at least in san antonio um here um, where we live to a bit more normal um getting to do elective procedures again and starting to come to i think what's going to be our new baseline for quite some time um, of masking up and gowning up but the staff is getting more comfortable with all of that so doing pretty good thank you for asking how about you
1: we're doing pretty well. I mean, our laboratory um, is geared up. We're doing mass testing. Um, I think things are starting to settle down. And I think we're really starting to see, like you said, the baseline of what our new normal will be, at least for uh, the foreseeable future. So for our listeners today, Kami's amazing bio will be in the link below. But I did want to recognize some of your awesome achievements in your career. Um, you've got a BS in nutritional sciences, a BSN from the University of Texas Health Science Center, an MBA from the University of Texas of San Antonio, but recently a Doctor of a doctorate of nursing practice from Yale University. And I remember when you got accepted into Yale and thinking, oh my gosh, like the time commitment, the travel commitment, that's so much work, great for her. Um, but it seems like it went by fast, probably because I wasn't the one doing the work, but how was Yale, how was being recruited there? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that it does seem like it went by really fast and i honestly i thought whenever i got accepted that they made a mistake um but uh it was it was great it was really an incredible life experience and a a growth experience i was coming out of graduate school and um i had toyed around with the idea of getting a doctorate and at that time this was about the time i believe that you and i started working together um at that time it was 2015. And like I said, I was coming out of my MBA program and I thought, well, I'm already in a mode of misery of school and full-time work, so let's just carry that forward. Um, I had also recently, just the year previous, um, become the patient safety officer for the health system that we worked at. And I realized that um, I had a lot to learn about patient safety and safety culture and leadership and leadership's influence over that. That's what also drove me to go ahead and carry on the misery and get my doctorate because I really wanted to take some time to look at that in in a more scholarly way. Um, But yeah, it was a really unique experience because I got to travel up, I flew up to Connecticut um, every four to six weeks for two years and then the third year was spent mostly working on and implementing my project at the hospital. So I think with all the travel, it kind of just flew by really quickly. Yeah, well, congratulations. Congratulations Thank on that. It was an
1: awesome achievement. And you focused most of your career and your work, like you said, on a culture of safety development and patient safety. How did you land on that as being your passion out of all of the other disciplines in nursing?
0: <laughs> That's a great question. You know, um, honestly, it, part of it just came to me. Um, as well as it ended up, I didn't even know it was a thing to be interested in, uh, to be honest. And then once I got to work in that, I thought, oh, this is just natural. It was some of the natural way that I did things in the natural way that I already thought and worked. But basically what ended up happening is um, I had a mentor who, she's still my mentor, an incredible woman um, named Christine Vasquez. Um, shout out to Chris Vasquez if you're out there listening. Um, and she is really just a phenomenal healthcare leader and she's one of those leaders that takes her time to mentor um, young leaders and people growing in their career which i appreciate about her so much and so she was actually my mentor and um as i was working i was doing process improvement coaching at that time for the health system so i was lean methodology for anybody that knows much about that so lead Kaizen groups through process improvement projects and Actually, Stephanie, I did a big one with your lab right before I I came into um, the patient safety officer role. But I was talking with her and she said, hey, we've got this position open for a um, patient safety officer. And I think you'd be really good at that. And I remember I looked at her and I said, what is a patient safety officer? Because this is back in 2014 and it was still patient safety was still a relatively new concept in healthcare. And, um, and I was like, is that like a hall monitor? I don't, I don't understand what my role is supposed to be, you know? And, and so um, she said, and, and Chris Ann had previous to coming to university uh, health systems, she had actually been a CEO for one of the Memorial Hermann hospitals in Houston. So they are much further along on their journey in safety culture um, than a lot of other organizations. And she had come from that environment. And she um, said, no, no, I, I don't need you to do that because we had a quality department and a risk department and event investigation and things like that going on already. She said, I need you to focus on our culture of safety. And naive me said, oh, okay, that, that doesn't sound so bad. Uh, little did I know, you know, it's like anything. Once you start learning about something, you really realize how much you don't know and um, and it led me on this really interesting journey and starting to understand basically how our actions and our relationships with one another really drive what happens in healthcare. And it really drives what happens at the bedside and how safe our actions are and our ability to learn together and improve. That's amazing.
1: And um, like I said, for the listeners, your bio will be in the link below, but what they'll read is that you also are a professoral lecturer at George Washington University. So, how does all of that tie into your role at George Washington?
0: Oh, um, yes, uh, I love, I love teaching for GWU. So, um, I teach in the Master of the Healthcare administration program at GWU, which is part of the Milken Institute School of Public Health. And I've been teaching there for two years now, I teach remotely and. That has been the most fun. Um, I teach uh, a leadership course in the beginning of students' um, MHA program, and we touch on a lot of different concepts um, from team communication um, to um, relationship building. We talk um, a lot about um, how you can actually strategically plan and how you do some analysis around that. So several different kind of broad sweeping topics in healthcare and it really sets them up well for their MH to carry through their MHA program where they're going to get more in depth topics throughout. Um, On occasion, um, I do teach the very last class of our MHA program kind of the bookend and that, that class focuses specifically on systems thinking, which is essentially how your entire healthcare system works together as one big organism. So, you know, I feel like, I don't know if if you do this, I definitely did this really early in my career. I try not to to get caught into this thinking now, but when you are so focused on your work and your department and what you're doing, it's easy to lose sight of how your actions and decisions are gonna impact others, but they do and they will. So um, really pulling people together um, to understand how the whole system works um, is, is so very important.
1: Great, and like I said, you've, got, you've had an amazing journey, so congratulations to you on everything you've been able to do. Um, today, we're gonna talk about one of your favorite topics, which is social capital. So for I our love listeners- social capital. Right, and so, you know, this is a, a pretty novel term that you've introduced me to, and um, I'm interested to kind of dive deeper into it with you. Um, for our listeners and myself, I do remember in school, graduate school and undergraduate school, um, hearing other terms similar like human capital, and that being really your talents and your education and things that you bring to the table, being your own human capital. And then of course, financial capital, uh, for those of us who have our MBA, we learned a lot about assets, et cetera, and creating value um, through money and, and finances. But um, you've recently peeked me onto a new form of capital, of social capital. So tell us a little bit about what that is and why it's your favorite topic.
0: Sure, um, well, what social capital essentially is, you can almost think about it as relationship currency. That's kind of the easiest way I think about it. So it's formed by your network of relationships among people or groups. And and essentially that network of relationships is what actually allows that group of people to function. Now the currency part comes into play um, when you um, perform basically acts of goodwill for other people, so helping someone out on a project, um, or even something as simple as, you know, bringing someone a cup of coffee if you know they're on a deadline and they are working so hard or something like that. Those kinds of things really start to build up your currency, your relationship currency, your social capital. Essentially, what you can do is you can cash in on that when you need it, so if you've got Enough currency relationship currency in the bank got some good social capital out there. Then, when you need some help on something, you can reach out to those people that you've built up that currency with.
1: So, as a professional, then I should look at my network and my relationships, my social capital um, have you as. Something valuable, something that can create value like money, like you said, like currency. So basically, I can use my reputation as a professional and what I'm doing to kind of cultivate and drive results. You know, I can hone in on my network, and when I need to get something done, you know, people can corral
0: and assist me with that, right? Oh, absolutely. And what's interesting is some of us do it naturally, others have to work at it. Um, Some people don't even think it's an important thing. Um, And I would argue that it's one of the most important things that we can do. So if you think back to just putting it into these these terms and looking at it through this lens, if you will, if you can think back to some of the times that maybe you worked on these really great teams and y'all got a lot accomplished and you had this good rapport with one another, it's probably because you were helping each other out. You are bolstering each other up. And when you needed help, you could go to those people and they would quickly give it to you. Um, so it's not really just doing this, um, forming these relationships um, falsely, and, and with, um, it's absolutely with a purpose to get things done. But isn't that why we're all at work anyways? We want to accomplish things. Um, and the relationships that we form with those around us Really can help drive that forward. If you think back, actually, um, some of the best opportunities I've been given in my career were because of relationships I had formed with other people. So, um, like becoming the patient safety officer, and um, that relationship that I had with my mentor and the work that she'd seen me do, and um, my willingness to grow and learn underneath her, that afforded me this opportunity, this new opportunity when it when it came up. Um, So social capital really can go a long way. I'm thinking back to some of the projects, Stephanie, that you and I did together, and how our ability to connect with people that we formed relationships with actually got some pretty big things accomplished that we weren't sure that we could get done when we started off.
1: You know, and I like what you said about, you know, people doing this or cultivating this and maybe not even knowing that's what they're doing or doing a piece of it, because we all know, um this isn't anything that you know many professionals don't do we all know that networking is is important and we all know that our professional relationships are important and um most of us understand that our reputation precedes us you know there's a quote that says your reputation speaks louder than you than you do um but i agree i think you know the times where i have taken the time to have meaningful professional relationships there's been a benefit to me you know On the back end, whether it be information, you know, I'm able to gain information or, you know, I'm able to get um, tips on things that I wouldn't necessarily have before. Um, Things like reciprocity, like like you said, I do something for somebody else on a project, really thinking beyond the big project. I think I did that uh, with you and you did that with me, and we did that well, which is we worked on a couple of big projects together but we thought beyond the project on, hey, me and Cammy worked really well on this mm-hmm. project. I wonder if she could help me with this project, um, but that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't, you know, taken the time to, to cultivate a relationship with you and really um, understand where you were coming from and making sure that I was meaningful about, um, about connecting with you. Um, to me, that's the job of a leader, you know? That's the job of a leader to create relationships that'll um help drive your team and help drive results
0: absolutely and, you know it's interesting um you said you were talking about your um, reputation procedure you, and that is absolutely true and you know that can work in the negative so your currency just like your bank account you can overdraw on it so if you are someone that doesn't have a good store of social um uh, capital built up and you don't have your good currency built up then um you may not be able to cash in on anything. Um, So if you think about this, say there's someone out there that you hadn't ever really worked with before, but they had a reputation of being very difficult to work with. Maybe they're the kind of person that takes all the credit for something, but they didn't do all the work. Um, You know, you can picture these people in your head. And then, but you've never really worked with them directly, you've just heard about this. And then that person comes to you and they need help with something Human nature, we are bound by that, right? We are going to be driven Mm -hmm. by that. And so human nature is going to make us take a pause and consider, do I want to help this person or do I not? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that social capital piece. So that person is likely negative in their bank account, and it's going to be very difficult for them to get things done or get help on something because of that reputation that they've built up.
1: But, as a leader, do you see um, whether informal or formal leader with a title, um, do you think that you could still build cap social capital uh, with a person who is considered difficult to
0: work with? Oh, that's a really good question. Yes, I do. You have to have that level of self awareness and and think beyond um, what you're trying you know into what's trying to be accomplished and essentially what the organization is trying to accomplish. So if you're at work, the big deal, we work in healthcare, right? So for both of us, the driving force ultimately for everything is safe, high-quality patient care. Whatever it takes to get safe, high-quality patient care, that's what we're gonna do. So thinking bigger and beyond that, even if you're working with a difficult person, you have to think about what are we trying to get accomplished here? You know what's interesting? Mm -hmm. Thinking back to some of the in the projects that we worked with, we worked with a couple difficult personalities. Absolutely, they're and, everywhere. <laughs> yes, they're everywhere. And some of those difficult personalities, I don't know if you experienced this, but I did. I saw a breakdown in them being difficult as we continued to reach out and try to pull them in on things and include them purposefully on things and get their opinions and as we did that it took some time so you have to have some patience and keep doing it um but they ended up becoming some really great allies and resources and ultimately champions for some of the work that we're trying to get accomplished
1: yeah i absolutely agree i think um another role as a leader is to always look for The opportunity for you in a situation to learn to grow to be better or to just, you know, kind of like you do in the gym to just exercise your skills and your abilities and um, look at certain situations as practice. And so when I um, am dealing with a difficult person or somebody comes to me and they're asking me, Stephanie, you know, I've got this really difficult person that I'm dealing with and I don't understand why they're being difficult and i actually um, i'm stuck on how to move forward with this person and my advice my coaching to that um, situation is always look at that person that situation is practice because you Mm. cannot control what another person's intentions motives actions are but you can control you and so when i'm dealing with another person that i perceive to be difficult or i perceive to be a challenge in whatever project or conversation we're having I use that person as you know practice and so i try to reach back on all of the in services and all of the conferences and all of the um continued education i've gotten on dealing with difficult people crucial conversations you know um behavior and i try to just kind of use those things to just practice on that person because i can't change you but you know what um, one of the things that I always tell people, and it's unfortunate, the only way you get better at dealing with difficult people is practicing on dealing with difficult people.
0: <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> that's <true>. It's hard.
1: <laughs> it's hard, but that's the only, like I said, when you go to the gym, you know, you may do a very simple exercise that you feel like this is easy and the next day you're sore and you know so many places because you're not exercising those muscles but the more you do that exercise the more muscle memory and more muscle strength you grow and that exercise becomes easier and you can you know carry, carry more weight when you do that exercise the same thing is when you deal with people um, the more you deal with difficult people, the more you get skilled at having those conversations, um, not taking things personal, and coming to a mutual agreement, even if we don't like each other, even if you know we um, will never be on the same page again, like you said, we have to come to a mutual respect and agreement so we can have that, like you said, safe and quality care for the patient.
0: Um, oh my gosh,
1: absolutely. Really, I think, uh, I'm thinking back at at some of the lessons I've learned from building teams and um, everything that we're talking about is, is so great. And I'm hoping that the listeners to this show can use this going back to their team, whether you're a leader, whether you're um, a member of a team, really it's our job to bring together a team of diverse people and just help cultivate all of those different personalities um, with a culture of, like you said, safety, a culture of teamwork, a culture of transparency. Um, and when you do that, your job as a leader is super easy. You can just sit back and harness the power of relationships um, to get the goals done that your, your team needs to get done. You know, there's a lot of empowerment. And I'm thinking back to the times that we've worked together. There's a lot of empowerment to the individuals when the team works really well.
0: Oh, goodness, yes. And, you know, building that diverse team. So, you know, we're thinking about diversity, especially when we're thinking about our whole healthcare care system. Um, you really want to pull people in from different departments and different disciplines, because really some incredible perspective can be shed on the problem that you're encountering, or you may be dealing with a problem that their department could change a process a little bit and it automatically impacts what you're trying to deal with. So as you're working through things and you're really working on building up your social capital, get to know other people and other departments, learn about their work, learn about their struggles, learn about you know, the successes that they've had, something, a tidbit that you could take away and maybe implement in your area Um, But be genuine about that. Um, People are going to, they're going to see that. They'll pull you in on things as well and really be there for you whenever you need help working through a problem or a situation.
1: So those are really great pieces of advice when you're talking about, it really sounds like you're talking about, okay, how, if I'm new to the workforce, this is my first job, you know, I just joined a professional organization. And there's a conference, should I go? If I go, I'm going to be alone. You know, everybody has those apprehensions. Um, And so how do we build as individuals, as professionals in the healthcare system, how do we build that network of people and start putting ourselves out there and getting out of our comfort zone? Because it doesn't sound like we're talking about the professional that has the most LinkedIn followers or the most Facebook friends, or, you know, I went to a conference and I got the largest stack of, com- of business cards I could, this sounds like something more meaningful, more purposeful, and more strategic.
0: Yes, it's absolutely. And it's nothing against all the, the things about having LinkedIn followers and whatnot, but where I personally have experienced um, the most growth and accomplished the most is through working with people that I have formed direct relationships with. That's for me, that's very fulfilling. I don't, I don't want to carry things out singularly. I want to do it with, with a group of people around me and I wanna celebrate that with them. Um, so really exactly, I'm talking about forming actual relationships with people and Stephanie, it can be so simple. It's as simple as looking at people and smiling and saying hello, it starts right there. So as you're walking through the hallways of you know, your work Look at people, smile, say hello, ask how they're doing, really mean it, get to know, especially maybe the people that you frequently work with. You know, there's always people in different departments or units that you have pretty frequent interaction with. So get to know their name, um, a little bit of, about who they are. Um, ask them about you know what they're dealing with at work, where their struggles are. Um, all of these things, just just get to know that person. And, um, and you will be amazed at how that starts to grow and kind of snowball from there. Start small, start simple, if you haven't really done this before, or reached out beyond your own kind of tight knit circle, um, and then go from there. Um, and sometimes, most of the time really, you can't really plan out or map out exactly how things are gonna go. So you have to take opportunities as they come your way, be open to them and, um, and then be open to helping people when they ask you for help. That's, that goes a long ways to building up your social capital.
1: I totally agree. I've got a daughter that um, recently graduated from kindergarten and um, you know when you're entering into the um, grade school System, they give you kind of like the social norms because kids aren't aware of that yet. And many of these are rules, these kindergarten rules are rules that, you know, really should be rules that everybody follows for the rest of their life. Things like saying please and thank you. Like you said, the, that is the currency of people. Please and thank you is the currency of relationships. That goes a long way. Um, always give and take. Um, You know, don't don't just be the kind of person who takes. We don't want to be that person. You know, you know, I want to invest as much as I take. I want to invest as much as I take Um, and then celebrate people appreciate people. um, uh, Thank people show people that, you know, their time is valuable um, and that you appreciate their investment in whatever you've done. And basically, like you said you know, don't be that person. And we're certainly not saying that just to be clear, we don't wanna approach relationships with an angle, like we're trying to get something out of this um, relationship. We're, we're saying um, to our listeners, you know, have a different lens we're trying to give you a framework for your relationship and for those um, relationships that you build in the future of connecting with people and investing in people with a purpose. Um, and adding value to those people. And when you add value to others, people will then in turn add value to you.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know what's interesting is is really, it's that stretch, right? And who you form relationships with. Um, And thinking back, um, there's just been some very interesting projects that I've worked on where, because of social capital that had been built up, People um, in different departments heard about, oh, they would come to me and say, hey, Cami, I heard that this area is struggling with that, but I think I may have a solution for that or there's something our department might be able to do to help out. And and at first, it may be something that you think, what, there's, what are you talking about? Like, I could think very clearly, the emergency preparedness um, department director came up to me because... He heard that we we're having issues finding IV pumps sometimes whenever things got really, really busy and it a huge hospital. And so he came up to me and said, hey, we've got this emergency alert system. I think that might help the supply chain out. And so I connected the two together, but that only happened because I had social capital with both of them. They had come to me, one had come to me as a struggle and the other came to me with a potential solution for them. Um, and so that to me is so rewarding to be able to connect all these pieces together, but I enjoy the relationships just as much.
1: So that's an interesting um, relationship or connection you just brought up. And so when we think about the challenge that healthcare systems and healthcare workers are in right now um, with the pandemic that is going on, how can these relationships help benefit us as we try to uh, fight the the disease of COVID-19 and care for our patients safely?
0: oh wow that's a very good question okay so uh, thinking and thinking about that i'm thinking about all the rapid changes we have all gone through in policy procedure protocol basically the way that we do things at the hospital and that has changed so quickly and um, there were even weeks at our hospital where some of our procedures for using personal protective equipment and reusing it or storing it and sending it off to be re-sanitized, all of those things change so quickly. I think there was one week where it changed three times in one week. So your ability to quickly adapt and make changes on the fly when they need to happen in, in an emergency situation like we're all experiencing right now, your ability to do that successfully and with good attitudes around you, it's only gonna be able to carry out successfully if you have built those relationships with people beforehand. So you can, I remember having to round and, and the work that I do now, having to go once we get the information, hey, we've got to change this again, so quickly redo some of the materials for you know the guides for how we're gonna use PPE, and then go out there and round and have people say, oh my gosh, you were just here doing this yesterday. And I said, I know, but it's changing again. So, and they would very kindly and sweetly say, okay, great, well, show me, what what are we gonna do now? That level of acceptance came because I had built relationships with them prior to that moment. Awesome. So I'm gonna pivot a
1: little bit and ask you a question. So true or false? I'm gonna give you, and then you give us your opinion on um, this commonly used phrase. Success is built on who you know and not what you know. I'll let you go and then I'll tell you I'm what going I
0: think. To say, yes, I'm gonna say true. Now elaborate. Elaborate. So now I'm so gonna be there. I'm gonna elaborate now. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So the what you know is important and I don't wanna discount that. That's why I gave gave a very mild pause, but ultimately through what you know, you're gonna start to build relationships with people, right? And so those relationships are what give you some of the unique opportunities to actually apply the things that you know. Um, Those people that you have relationship with need to know that you know these things in order for you to do them, especially if you're working like a highly skilled area. But the really cool projects that you get pulled in on or the new opportunities that you're given, that's because of your relationships with people, in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. I think um, when I've heard the the phrase, um, success is built on who you know and not what you know, um, I think it's true, but I think it's true with a caveat. I think success is built on what you know, who you know, and what those people know about you. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, I can be um, like my dear friend Cammie, a PhD uh, or a doctorate of nursing from Yale and have, you know, friends that are on different boards and presidents of different associations. But if what they know about me is that I'm difficult to work with, that I'm, you know, not dedicated, that I'm not motivated and that I've got, like you said in um, earlier in our talk, I've got a reputation of um, being difficult to work with, they may not allow me to cash in on the currency of social capital. So I think it's true with a caveat.
0: Yes, I love, you put that so much more eloquently than I did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked um, a lot about social capital, harnessing the relationships um, that you have um, professionally to your benefit. Um and the sense of empowerment that comes from working with a team that is um, so much in sync. Uh, but I do want to pivot again a little bit and ask you a different question um, because recently, um, I would say within within the first couple of months of this de- decade, maybe late last year and early this year, the nation has come to has come to be more familiar with a different term that. Um, has a title which contradicts social capital and that is social distancing. And so while we while we respect um, the practice of social distancing for our health and our safety and the safety and health of those around us. And so we know that social distancing right now in our nation and our world is absolutely necessary. Um, I wonder, uh, you know, how as professionals can we continue to leverage, the power of social capital, but while still being mindful of the importance of social distancing. And I'm sure that this is something that you and your colleagues at George Washington University are really starting to study. And I look forward to seeing how that research turns out. But what are your thoughts on the two contrasting or working together?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I immediately in my mind jumped back to, um, so at a, a, another point in my career. I um, worked for um, Abbott Laboratories and I worked in sales um, for them for four years and I was out and you know I worked from home and then I had a big territory and I was on a team and our team was spread out across the the southern states of the United States. So um, we each had our own territories and we had our own sales goals um, but we there was 10 of us that reported to the same manager. So we were again, scattered all over the place. So we didn't see each other physically in person very often, except for two or three times a year when we came together for meetings and stuff like that. But that was one of my most favorite teams that I've ever been on, because now that I look back through this lens, we established social capital with each other. So we would call each other and check on one another. Hey, how are you doing? What are you struggling with? Or we'd say, hey, guess what? I just had some great success with one of my accounts by doing this and talking about this and bringing these resources to them. You may wanna try that with that account that you've been struggling with. This could be a good angle for them. Even though we were competing against each other in a way because we each had our own goals, we wanted to kind of be the top salesperson in our our district, um, we really helped each other out a lot. Um, So, though we were separated by distance and we didn't physically see each other, those little check-in phone calls um, were some of my most favorite conversations, and I still have friendships with um, those people that were on my team, and I haven't worked for that company now, oh my goodness, um, for eight or nine years, I believe, so it's been quite some time. But um, I just remember thinking, wow, we're all competing for our own piece of the pie, but everybody here on this team wants everybody to succeed. So even with um, physical distance, you can still form meaningful relationships with other people. You just have to put the time and intention into it.
1: I agree, and I think, um, you know, uh, people always say that right now we're more connected than ever through technology, and although it is difficult um, to and it is, you know, you have to put time and effort into it. You have to put time and effort to it a different way. And so, being meaningful about answering promptly to different emails or just reaching out through people, like you said, through telephone or through email or through social medias, um, and really trying to cultivate those things in a different way.
0: So, um, yeah. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that was it. <laughs> So
1: what we've tried to do, it sounds like, is give our listeners a framework, like I said, to be strategic, to look at their relationships a little bit differently, um, and to view, you know, your professional relationships as intangible, valuable, um, you know, invisible connections that you can make to um, harness as another way to be successful. Um, So what major takeaways, Dr. Rapp, do you have for our listeners today?
0: Okay, um, so I think one of the most important things you can do is really get to know other people and offer to help them um, and be there for them. The next thing I think you can do is probably take an interest in and learn about essentially your entire system and, and how those processes and people interact together. So. And that would be at work, but you can apply that in your personal life, um, maybe in your life um, outside of work, community involvement, things like that. But basically get to know how the whole system works together and how maybe your actions actually influence or directly impact another area, another department, another person, and see how you can change them, your own actions to help improve things for them. The other thing I would say is, when you're working on basically projects, involve other departments or units or other disciplines in your project. Basically don't assume you already know how they work or what their challenges are, don't, or don't assume that they don't have any good input they can give you. So I know it's a cliche, I say it all the time, think outside the box, but think outside the box and really include other people in what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much, Cami, for taking the time out of your busy schedule and giving me the opportunity to interview you. Um, this was great, and it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on as a guest.
0: Oh, thank can you, Stephanie. Tell- this was so fun.
1: Can you tell the listeners how they can reach you?
0: Oh, sure. Um, you can actually email me. Um, my email address is CamiRap uh, at GWU.edu. I'll spell that out for you. It's K-A-M-I r-a-p-p at g-w-u edu
1: well for all our listeners thank you for the listening and tuning in to another show with our special guest dr Cami rapp sharing the value of social capital and the importance of developing clinical relationships if you like what you heard today and you want to listen to our previous shows be sure to subscribe to direct impact broadcasting.com remember to send us an email at elaborate topics at directimpact.com broadcasting.com to learn more about this topic and others or to be a guest on the show. Like I said, I'm your host for today, Stephanie Whitehead. You can follow me at Stephanie Whitehead on on LinkedIn and Facebook or Stephanie Y. Whitehead on Instagram. Tune in next week for another amazing show of elaborate topics and have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics, where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.